RVFTA's Campground of the Week is sponsored by Jayco. To view their complete line of RVs, visit jayco.com. And by Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park Camp Resorts. To find a campground near you, visit campjellystone.com. And by Blackstone Products. To see their complete line of griddles and accessories, visit them at blackstoneproducts.com. America the Beautiful. There is adventure to be found around every corner. And there is no better way to explore it than by staying at one of our country's 14,000 campgrounds. Our team of correspondents will guide you to the best places to park your rig or pitch your tent. On each week's episode, we'll give a complete review of one campground, location, activities, amenities, best sites, and tons of other insider intel. Plus, we'll talk about regional highlights, food, culture, attractions, family fun, and all things great outdoors. From the East Coast to the West Coast, and from the Great Lakes to the Mississippi Delta, it's time to hit the open road with RVFTA's Campground of the Week. Our guest correspondent is Gretchen Holcomb. Gretchen and her math teacher husband, Dave, bought their first travel trailer in 2015 to help them take full advantage of one of the best parts of a teaching career, summer vacation. Since then, they've spent their summers traveling all over the U.S. and some of Canada with their four boys and three dogs in a Jayco Octane toy hauler. During the school year, they explore closer to their home base north of Atlanta, Georgia, and Gretchen blogs about all the things they see at Boxy Colonial on the Road. Welcome to the show, Gretchen. Hi, Gretchen. Hi, thanks. Oh, it's so good to finally have you on the show. It's been way too long. And because um, you're like, you're our RV twin. You guys are twinning with us in your Jayco Octane. We do, matching trailers. And then we also twinned we on were, our... We were like shadowing each other across <laughs> Nova Scotia. <laughs> Right. I was so excited to see your posts every day because I was like, where are they? How, yeah. how close are they? Are they where we're going? Or are they where we're coming from? Are they from? in the site next door? <laughs> right. Almost. We never quite crossed paths. But. Well, I have wanted to have you on to talk about this really sort of super random campground out there. But, you know, that, that I always see pop up on social media and people are asking questions. And I thought, I know somebody who's been there and I know just the right person to give it a review. So where are you taking us to this week? Uh, we're going to the Ingalls Homestead in DeSmit, South Dakota. But before we go there, let's talk about Yogi Bear, right? So, <laughs> right. <laughs> which totally fits. Which is like the exact opposite of the Ingalls Homestead. And we just got back from a Yogi Bear Jellystone Park campground. And we can indeed attest to the fact that they have everything your family needs to make long-lasting camping memories. Whether you're an RV enthusiast, you enjoy the comforts of a cabin. We did cabin camping this weekend. Or you prefer tent camping. Jellystone Parks have first-rate accommodations, amenities, and activities. They've got water zones and mini golf and wagon rides, themed weekends, and appearances from Yogi Bear and friends. I got my Yogi Bear hug this weekend. You're going to see that Family Fun is the main attraction at Jellystone Campgrounds, and I am actually sore from all of my physical activity. I'm serious. I'm exhausted. I kicked butt at kickball. 
I did. She kicked my butt at yeah, kickball. I was truly the champion of the kickball game, and I am sore after a kickball. It's so sad that that's what happens when you're of a certain age. All right, so we are going to the Ingalls homestead. Now, now people out there might be saying, like, wait, I thought this is campground of the week. Is this a campground? Gretchen, give us the scoop on this situation. Okay, this is the actual land that the Ingalls homesteaded on in South Dakota. So it's mostly like a living history site where you can go and see what it's like, what life on the prairie was like. But they also have four RV sites and a few other options for staying on the property. How many? How many? RV sites? RV sites. So this is officially the smallest, the smallest campground we've ever reviewed. <laughs> it might yeah. be the smallest campground those in the four world. Camps, those four campsites are in one of those little bottles like that they put chips in. Oh, well, you know, the ironic part is that this is such a small campground. But like I said, I see it pop up so much because I think it must be like on those roadside America because attractions. everybody that goes writes a blog post Exactly, because it. it's so <laughs> random, right? Okay, so tell us where this is geographically, Gretchen. Okay, DeSmit is about 250 miles west of Minneapolis. It's about 300 miles east of Rapid City, South Dakota. And then maybe the most relevant information, if you're doing a trip out west, is it's about an hour north of I-90. So, so that's you're, what kind of... Yeah, you're going to have to make a little bit of a detour, right, to right, go here. But it is, yeah, well worth it, though. Okay, you are going to tell us why it's well worth it. So, but wait a second. There's more than four RV sites. I right. want to blow past this. There are some other accommodations there. What else yes. do they have? They also have, I believe it's four covered wagons that you can stay in. Did you lose count? <laughs> Before. <laughs> I would have. Yes, it was overwhelming. But uh, there's one bunkhouse, which is, I think, just they have a double bed and then two bunk beds in there. So that one would sleep six people. And then you can also set up a tent just on their property on the prairie. And um, there are no hookups or anything with the tent sites, but that's another option. Okay. So even though this is on the homestead, we're kind of going to separate it out and we're going to talk about what it was like in the camping area first. And then when we talk, Later on in the show about regional attractions, you're going to tell us all about the homestead, right? Sure, yes. Okay, all right. So then let's stick with this little area that has four RV sites, four covered wagons, what does it look and a like? bunkhouse. You're, you're very good at painting pictures with words. So go ahead and do that for us. What is the physical uh, look of the campground? Okay, so the RV sites are kind of up on a hill overlooking the prairie. And there's just, they're just four sites all in a row. They're just dirt sites with a little bit of grass in between. The covered wagons and the bunkhouse are actually off in another area, kind of a flatter area. But again, you've got that prairie setting. Uh, Not a lot of shade here, nothing like that. It's just kind of all out in the open in this big grassy area. Right. So what are you going to pay for the privilege of staying at this very unique location? The RV sites are $30. That's water and electric. Uh, The wagons are $60. The bunkhouse is $60. And you can set up a tent for $10. Very reasonable. Now, I, I think I know it. the answer to this question, but I'm sorry, I have to ask. There's there's no dump station here. There but, is a dump station. Oh, my actually, gosh. Actually, <laughs> in the parking lot, there is a dump station that you can use as you're leaving. So one dump station per four so, RV sites. you know, you're not yeah. even roughing it as much as they were. <laughs> right. They were. No, you even have not. better accommodations than they do. Was it hard to book with only those four sites? It was, we called way in advance. I think we called pretty much a year in advance because we were at the same time kind of booking some national parks that we needed to book way in advance. But they sounded surprised on the phone that we were calling so far in advance. Um, But when we were there, one of the nights we were there, all the sites were full 
or all the RV sites. I'm not sure about the other sites. The other night there were two full and two empty. So I think it's, you know, it's going to be kind of a crapshoot with just four sites. Um, but I would definitely call as far in advance as you can just to make sure because there just aren't very many sites. This is the type of trip too. I mean, if you're out that far for most people, this is part of a bigger, longer trip that you have planned well in advance. So there's no reason not to just get on it. Right. Yeah. And if you're Gretchen, did you say to them, um, have you met me? I'm the consummate planner. Yeah. <laughs> Gretchen's like, sites aren't open right. for 20,030. Yeah. <laughs> I know that you have your travels mapped out way long in advance. Um, I was kind of embarrassed that we were going to Nova Scotia behind you because I thought, well, I know that Gretchen has an amazing trip plan that she's been working on for a year. And I'm like, okay, let's Google <laughs> Nova Scotia. <laughs> see what pops up. It was the least planning we've ever done. <laughs> but luckily you responded to all of my Facebook messages fairly quickly asking you for advice. So, all right. So now let's talk about the actual sites themselves. What can you tell us? Okay. There's four sites. They're kind of situated next to the, it's not really a camp store. It's the gift store for the Ingalls homestead, but you drive past that on a little dirt road. And then there are just four sites all lined up in a row. You kind of have a little bit of separation in between plenty of room for awnings and that kind of thing, but they're not huge sites. You're pretty close to your neighbors, um, and each one has a fire ring and a picnic table, and that's about it. They're pretty basic, the actual sites. I think that water and electric with a well, fire it's 30 ring. 30 bucks, too. I mean, honestly, yeah. like, I mean, I feel like they could probably charge, like, a lot more. I mean, I'm not telling them they should do that, but, <laughs> I mean, it's like, this is the type of place, like, if you want to go here, you really want to go here, you know? Right. Gretchen, yeah. could, do you think, like, big rigs could fit into these sites? Well, the thing to keep in mind here, um, the only kind of complaint that we had was as you're pulling past the sites, it starts to slope down just past that row of sites, sort of a grassy hill down the prairie. So we have a 34-foot trailer, and we kind of were worried we were going to get into trouble and not be able to kind of push the trailer back up the site. We don't have four wheel drive or anything. So what we ended up needing to do was back into the site next to ours that was not as close to that hill and then kind of pull out as if we were leaving and then back in from the other direction. It's kind of hard to explain, but um, so if you have a longer trailer, what I would do is ask for one of the sites closest to the store and farthest away from that hill so that you don't wind up kind of in a crumpled heap at the bottom of the hill. That's a great yeah, tip. Good tip. So now you're down to two sites if you're in a big rig. <laughs> if you're in a That's big rig, you've yeah. got two I mean, site options. Because, <laughs> yeah, because that site next to us was free, it was not a problem. We were able to do it. But if there had been anyone in there, then it, it would have been kind of a tricky situation. Now I'm imagining this place is packed with amenities for the, for the four sites. Splash what, pad, what, pool. What do they have? Right. They, there is a playground sort of right behind the sites. Uh, it's not exclusively for the RV sites. It's, you know, anybody who comes to visit the homestead can use it, but uh, they do have that. And if you have kids, it's nice that it's right there. It's kind of an old fashioned playground. So it's as if you're Laura Ingalls playing at recess at your school, they have a seesaw there and an old-fashioned wooden merry-go-round. So oh, mean, all the things that are banned now. Uh, what, like, what you mean to right. say is that it's dangerous. Dangerous. <laughs> Very dangerous playground, but we all survived, yes. Oh, congratulations. And is there like a camp store type of a thing? or There is a gift shop for the homestead. It doesn't have any kind of camping supplies or anything like that there. But, I mean, it's they, they, have a, they sell all the little house books and uh, a nice 
assortment of gifts and souvenirs and you can get drinks and stuff there. Well stocked for, yeah, well stocked for your book emergency, but not necessarily for any other kind of emergency. All right. I I just, I can't stop thinking like if, if you're into those books, if you're into this author, this is a dream. I mean, my goodness, I wish there were four RV sites at like the Herman Melville house, you know, (laughs) it's so unique. All right, Wi-Fi and cell service. So you can start this. You can start this trend where you push all of these, like... I frankly think it's a great idea. Nerdy literary sites across the country uh, to put in RV parking. A lot of these types of places have big parking lots, and to put in a couple RV sites is a way to bring in some money. I think this should start a trend. Well, you know, and and I do think, not to get too far off topic, but I think that this was more of a thing that people used to do as small business owners in the past. We were at this little, like, ice cream and grill place in, I think, Washington State state and i saw hookups in this parking lot and i was like do you allow rvs and they're like we used to but we don't anymore it just got too crowded and crazy and i do think that used to be that road tripping kind of i don't know no no that goes back to like the origins of the american road trip in the early part of the century people just threw up some places where you could pull your car in and spend the night but now we're we're officially off topic i know we're so off topic (laughs) okay get back get back all right i'm okay let's talk about the really important stuff right wi-fi and cell service There's not Wi-Fi here. I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure that we had a pretty good Verizon signal. All right. We'll talk offline more about Verizon signals as you creep across the American (laughs) prairie for our future trip coming up this month. How about customer service in terms of, you know, the checking in, the checking out, the making the reservations? Yeah, everybody was great. They're very friendly. You do have to call to make your reservations. You can't reserve them online, um, but they were great with everything. And we called to confirm at some point and they were, they were great about checking that for us. And then, yeah, they're all super friendly. Uh, one of the women who was working in the store told us about someone who had brought their motor home there and planned on just renting a car to explore Dismit. And she told him, you can't rent a car and Dismit and then let him borrow her car. So, you know, you get some really personal service there. Aww. That's wonderful. Now somebody don't, don't show up and be like, I heard you bought, you lend right. your car. <laughs> people on campground of the week podcast (laughs) we don't want to get blamed for that all right now just tell us any i mean you've given us a lot of insider details like with the you know the sites for the big rigs and everything but was there anything else that you just wanted to kind of throw in there before we move on uh i can't think of anything um i mean we'll get into all the stuff with the homestead in a little while but um yeah i mean just make sure you get the right site if you have a bigger trailer but all right. Now, nobody's perfect. I, you know, I mean, I feel bad picking. I always feel bad picking pick on, on the little guy. I mean, come on, four RV sites on a homestead. But is there anything that maybe they could do just to, you know, amp up? Like, you know, in this day and age with um, hip camp and, you know, all these different kinds of places out there that are helping people have these really cool experiences on, you know. It should almost be in the Harvest Host. It network. really should. Like the Harvest Host. That's what I'm thinking of. Like, you know, is there anything that they could do to kind of amp up your experiential stay there well i would love to see them and i don't know if they have the demand for this or not but if they do i would love to see them put a couple more sites kind of they have a lot of land there and a lot of it is very flat and i'd love to see them put a lot of more accessible to big rig sites somewhere on else on the property yeah, I'm wondering if they thought like, oh, but this is such a great view. And it's like, yeah, right, but, and it is. Yeah, we're yeah. like, we don't want the view. We just want to be able to get in without sweating. Yeah. All right, we're going to come back in a second. We're going to cover some regional highlights, meaning the homestead itself right. and all the things to do there. But before we do that, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Blackstone Products. 
From the large 36-inch four-burner griddles to the 17-inch one-burner tabletop versions, you'll find a Blackstone that's just right for you and your lifestyle because Blackstone is as individual as you are. It lets you cook everything you can on a traditional grill and thousands of things you can't. You can get that steakhouse experience in your own backyard with that full-side steakhouse sear. But then you can also cook cheesesteaks, bacon, eggs, sausage, pancakes, hamburgers. I'll Dad's say French toast. toast. My French toast game is strong. Yeah, we I'll eat be a the lot of French toast, toast pan- this week. <laughs> my pancake game is not really super strong, but I'm actually proud of my French toast. My Blackstone 22-inch, I can knock out 12 pieces easily. I think I could fit 15 on there if I had the need. All right. You can take advantage of up to four cooking heat zones, so you can do an entire meal all at once. No one's ever going to walk away hungry when you're cooking on a Blackstone. Join more than one million happy Blackstone customers. I think it's five million already. Is it really? Is it exponential <laughs> doubling? <laughs> Go to blackstoneproducts.com and listen, you always get free shipping there, but you can also get 10% off with the code RVFTA now. Yay. All right. Gretchen, are you ready to take us to the homestead? I am. All right. Tell us about what it was like. I mean, you said in your blog post that this ended up being like one of your favorite parts of your entire trip, right? Right. I mean, we saw Yellowstone, we saw the Grand Canyon on this trip, but my kids definitely would tell you that Ingalls Homestead was their favorite part, their favorite stop on the trip. So tell us why. Okay. Well, it's hard to put your finger on. Uh, It's like I said, it's a living history site and they have a lot of different activities that kind of get you immersed in what it was like to live back when Laura Ingalls was on the prairie, uh, you can take a covered wagon ride out to the one room schoolhouse. And then they do kind of a little lesson about the books and about life back in the 19th century and all of that. You can do hay twisting and wheat grinding. You can make a corn cob doll or in Abe's case, my five-year-old's case, they offered to let him make a corn cob ninja instead. So he opted for the ninja You can drive a pony cart, take pony rides. For some reason, my five-year-old's, the part he was looking forward to the most was washing clothes on a washboard. So he did that. (laughs) Did that transfer to back at home? (laughs) (laughs) So far, no, I don't, I think it's uh, the washing machine at home is not as exciting as the washboard. We should turn our house into a living history site. (laughs) For some reason, kids are always so eager to do chores in other places. And then, you know, they melt at home. Yes. Um, and you can make a jump rope. And then there's uh, different buildings that they've uh, either moved to the site, they've moved different historic buildings there, or they've reconstructed them. So you can see the house that Pa built. And they have uh, costumed interpreters in there who can explain everything to you, what you're looking at. And they have a ch- an old church they've brought there. They have the schoolhouse. They have a sod house that you can go into and look at. But the part, I think, that made it all so... And I don't use the word magical a lot, but I will use it for this, um, is the baby animals. And that was the part that just made my kids so happy the whole time we were there. There were two litters of kittens that were maybe four or five weeks old. And there was a baby cow who was about a week old. There was a horse who had just been born. There were chicks. And then actually the last night we were there, we woke up the next morning when we were about to check out and went one more round of all the baby animals. And we found out that a foal had been born the night before. And so there was the, you know, few hours old foal with his mother in one of the barns. That is so cool. And that, that makes us, this is a one of a kind place, like in the country. 
There's right. nothing like this well, for sure. So Gretchen, let's like, all right. So give our listeners a little um, context. Your four boys span quite an age gap, right? What are we, what are we looking at? I know that Abe's five now, but he was four he was then? Four, yeah, they were four to 16. So four, 11, 13 and, or 14 and 16 last summer. And they we were, were all engaged at this place and loving it and really enjoying their time there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you would think the four-year-old would have been the one who this appealed to the most, but it was actually my two middle boys who can't stop talking about it and have not stopped talking about it for a year. And you mentioned like that after hours, they just kind of had run of the place and could go around and kind of hang out with all the animals and everything in the evening. Right. Because of course you can come and see this during the day and you can spend a couple hours there and see most of what there is. But the reason you want to stay here overnight if you can is because once it closes down about seven o'clock, then the only people there are the people staying in the RV sites and the, and the wagons. And you have the run of the place without the crowds and, you know, nothing's locked, locked at all. All the buildings are open, the barns are open. And my kids just rode their bikes over the prairie and kept running back and forth to the different barns to visit the kittens. And it was just a really, really special experience. That sounds so idyllic. How many nights did you guys stay here? We were here two nights, which I think is pretty unusual. I think most people do a one-night stop. But it sounds we like it's really worth okay, that. So, so you have the right, full day. That's what I was thinking. If you had the full day, do you really feel like that was worth it? Like going off an hour, you know, off that typical drive across I-90 and like take an hour to get there to spend that whole day there. Did you feel like there was enough there for the whole day? Yes, definitely. Well, yeah. And we went into town, into DeSmit, and also they do a tour of, um, a different, you know, it was a different group, but they do a tour of different, uh, Laurel Ingalls Wilder sites in town. So you can also do that if you have a full day. And what are some of those things that you can do in town there? You pay one price for a tour that probably takes a couple hours and that takes you to the surveyor's house, which I can't remember which book that was in, but if you've read the books, then that will mean something to you. And that's the original surveyor's house. And you can also see the house that, Ma and Pa moved into kind of when the kids were grown up or growing up in town in DeSmit. And you can see the schoolhouse. I believe Laura and Carrie went to school there. All right. Oh, I'm like having flashbacks now, to these Max books and as Theo, you're talking. Max and Theo and Wes <laughs> want to know where you can get some snacks. Well, there is the Ward's Bakery and Store. Um, I actually did not go here, but my husband and kids did. And they have donuts and coffee there. And there's not a lot else. There are a few restaurants, but we didn't make it to any of those. Did it stand out as like great coffee and great donuts or did it stand out because it was like the only place to go? <laughs> More that. It's kind of a cool old building. So it's fun to see yeah, um, just because of the history. But um, they they said the, the coffee and donuts were were perfectly fine, but they were not a highlight of the trip necessarily. All right. We're going to come back in one second to wrap up the show. Before we do that, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Jayco. Fun and family. It's what Jayco has been focused on for generations. From the first camping trailer that rolled off the production line on founder Lloyd Bontrager's farm in 1968 to today, where Jayco is building everything from camping trailers to class A motorhomes. With a blend of old world Amish craftsmanship and innovative technology, Jayco builds more value into their RVs than any other manufacturer in the industry with standard features and the best two-year limited warranty offered. Visit Jayco's website at jayco.com or your closest Jayco dealer for more information. Jayco, generations of family fun. And Gretchen, where can everybody go to find out more about you and, and your social media channels and all of that stuff? 
Okay, I blog at boxycolonialontheroad.com. It's all one word. It's very long. And um, I'm Boxy Colonial on the Road on Instagram and Facebook too. All right, and I will link to the you, the actual blog post that you wrote on this, which got it into my head. And I've been like, we have to have this on Campground of the Week. Like I had to get it into this season. I couldn't even bump it to another season. I wanted this. I think for a lot of people tra- planning that trip across I-90, this could be just an experience that their kids will remember and go always. With the two nights and it's not, by the way if you're doing that huge national parks trip and you're doing yellowstone and mount rushmore and you're, and you're going all over the place it almost sounds like a really relaxing mm. place to kind of just kind of slow down a little bit for a couple days or a couple nights at least all right thank you so much for Thanks, listening gretchen. To, yeah, thank you gretchen for coming thank on the show you. and thank you everyone to listen for listening to campground of the week we love it if you would leave us a review on itunes if you've been enjoying this podcast and don't forget to join our super friendly facebook group rvfta the group gretchen is there you can ask her more questions about the homestead and i'm sure she would answer you she's a forum mvp all right and we'll see you at the homestead we'll see you at the homestead (laughs) 